Tableau can help you solve problems by understanding data and plays nicely with the technology you already have. It's easy to learn and simple to govern, so you can grow your internal community of advocates while ensuring your data is used responsibly. Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm your host, Mary Fran Johnson, CEO of Mary Fran Johnson Media and a contributing columnist on CIO.com, where I write about boardroom issues for technology leaders. Twice a month, we produce this video show and podcast to stream live to you on LinkedIn and IDG's Tech Talk channel on YouTube. Today's episode is sponsored by Tableau, the global leader in analytics. Tableau offers an enterprise-ready platform to empower everyone across the organization with trusted and governed data, on-premises or in the cloud. Tableau integrates with your existing technology investments and will scale with you as your data environment evolves. Discover more at tableau.com CIO. We welcome all of our viewers today to join in this conversation with questions of your own. We'll be watching for those and doing our best to pass them along to today's guest, who I'm very happy to report is Eddie Wagner, the CIO for digital at JLL Technologies. He's a 25-year technology veteran at JLL, and Eddie would describe his current role as a tech evangelist operating at the intersection of digital and physical workplace. JLL, as many of you I'm sure know, is one of the world's leading real estate and investment management firms. It's a Fortune 500 company with annual revenue of 16.5 billion, operations in over 80 countries, and a global workforce of more than 90,000 people. Before he took on the digital CIO role in January of 2020, Eddie served as the company's global CIO for corporate solutions and prior to that as CIO for its Americas region. He's well known within the JLL executive ranks and among other prominent Chicagoland CIOs for his storytelling abilities. He is a great communicator. Eddie has a gift for taking complex IT issues and making them understandable to customers and business colleagues alike. I'm an avid follower and, as I've told him, an admitted fan of his on LinkedIn, where he regularly posts very thoughtful, candid commentaries on a whole range of topics, such as future of conference rooms, the cybersecurity of collaboration spaces, and how smart building technology could actually end up becoming a little too intrusive in our lives. Eddie, welcome. It's so great to have you here today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Thank you, Mary Fran. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Let's start out. Um, I like to go up and hover around in that famous CIO helicopter view and talk about the challenges and disruptions of the last 18 months or so and the impact that's had on JLL's business and your customers. Challenges and disruptions. You know, when all of you went home to work remotely, you left our world. So, you know, in those first couple of days, it was, uh, you know, none of our uh, business continuity playbooks had a global pandemic shutting the whole world down. And so those first couple of days, just like many of you, it was, you know, what do we do? What does this mean? How long will this go on? Um, And so, uh, you know, there there was a good bit of, of that initially, but pretty quickly, 
firm management and leadership, we all came together and said, you know, our clients need us. And when I, when I say that, uh, think about during the pandemic, our, our healthcare workers and facilities were stressed in ways they never have before. Those are buildings. They still need to operate. They have engineers. They have cleaning staff. A lot of them are clients of JLL. So we had to be there for them, standing with them. Uh, think about the deliveries that you had uh, to your front door and those services that were used. There are warehouses that hold that. We manage those. And so pretty quickly, our people pivoted toward we're in the middle of a disaster situation. Let's do what we always do, which is client first mm-hmm. and help the clients manage through the crisis. And so I think that that fit of purpose and that culture enabled us to turn the challenges into opportunities and advantages for a lot of our, our clients and what will uh, probably be the once in a lifetime disaster situation that we all deal with. Yes. Well, we, we, sh- we all sure hope it's a once in a lifetime disaster <laughs> situation, don't we? And, that, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly an obvious thing to say, but real estate has gone through the biggest and most uh, dramatic changes in the shortest period of time probably in its like well its known history over the last several decades well i like to say you know real estate people built the great pyramids and some of the real historic buildings that you go and look at and you know we did that without technology Mm -hmm. Um, and and real estate has been a slow adopter of technology but there were trends that were starting pre-pandemic yes they've just accelerated because of the pandemic and so in, in a lot of ways there's a lot of things that we're already thinking about and talking about that now, instead of doing a speech to convince people to consider it, it's now, when do I do it? How do I do it? How do I make sure it's integrated with some of the other opportunities? How do I respond to the changing needs of my people Mm -hmm. and what they need in the workplace? Well, and I've had so many conversations with CIOs where we're, we're both sitting there nodding our heads that thank goodness that digital transformation work in all its different guises and forms, thank goodness that got on underway several years ago. Because you can imagine if we were starting from zero right now and didn't have that ability to you know, flip over to this new hybrid workplace model that is probably for the near future going to be what, what we're all living with. Um, let me ask you to uh, give us a few words about kind of the overall health of JLL's business, both in, well, this year in 21 and going forward into 22. What, you know, what sort of challenges lie ahead for you and how, how is the business doing? Well, I think, um, as I mentioned, our, our clients are looking to us to help them with what does hybrid mean? Um, how do they rethink their workplaces to deliver that that experience for their people to create safe, healthy places. Um, and so I, I think, uh, you know, I often tell people with all the successes, and, and you referenced my 25 years at, at JLL and in the industry, and we've had a lot of successes. I actually don't think that we've ever been as well positioned as we are now to meet the, the opportunity at the, uh, you know, and, and you said at the intersection of digital and, and physical workplace, you know, CIOs, we live a lot in digital. Yes. And but well, we, as, we as people still live in the physical. And yeah. so a lot of what we're looking at and thinking about is how do we use digital to create those better experiences for our people? That's one of the trends that everyone is going to see. Your people are demanding 
more flexibility. We see that in the headlines. Yep. Uh, they're also demanding a better experience when they go back. We're seeing people start asking about the air quality in a building. How do I know that when I go back into the office that it's going to be safe and healthy, that you're taking the right steps you need to uh, in, in that environment. We're also seeing uh, sustainability. You know, it's not just the health of, of me and you as an individual going back in, but the health of the planet has really, um, during the pandemic time, um, move, moved up in, in a lot of our corporation's uh, objectives, but it's also people are demanding that uh, also. So I think with some of the, the transformations that we made pre-pandemic, uh, to address those, uh, we actually, I think, were well positioned uh, when we were, were shocked with, uh, you know, yes. the, the initial days of the pandemic. Yes, that's well, and that's actually something that I've seen you write a lot about on LinkedIn, about creating the workplaces that people want to be in, because that is so intricately tied with the talent challenge that everyone is still facing and facing more. We've all seen the stories about, you know, the great resignations and whether people want to come back or not. Um, so one of the um, postings you made on LinkedIn that I really enjoyed was where you talked about the F word. And I remember years ago, CIO Magazine did a story about the F word, but we were talking about failures and the need to talk about failures and what people learn from them, you mean something different by the F word. So tell us about that. I do. And I, I posted that and then waited for uh, the marketing team to have a coronary over overseeing that. Uh, you know, it, it's all around flexibility. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's um, it, there's that old saying that if it bleeds, it leads in the headlines. And so a lot of the headlines are talking about you know, this company's making everybody come back every day, or this company's going 100% remote. I actually, and, and here's a prediction that I would encourage people to challenge me on and, you know, engage in conversation going forward. I predict the truth is in the middle. And, and here's why. Even right now, while some of us are still, you know, isolating or maybe not going back to the office, we still are choosing to go out into the physical world. We're choosing to go to restaurants now where we can, or maybe entertainment or sporting events. And why do we do that? Why do we willingly go there? It's for a good experience. Nobody goes to a restaurant to have a bad experience, or, you know, if it's, you know, something that you dread going to, you're probably not going to choose to do it. The office is one place where many people feel like they've been forced or they've not had a great experience. Mm. When we create that good experience that draws people in, then when people choose to come in or when they need to come in to collaborate, to socialize, for training, or maybe I just want to get out of the house, mm -hmm. that great experience will draw me in. They're the same way other real estate assets will draw me in, whether it's a restaurant or a sporting event or a retail location. Yeah. Well, I can remember I'm here in Massachusetts and I we had a uh, it was around Mother's Day. So it was kind of early May and we really hadn't been going much of anywhere, you know, going to the grocery store, that sort of thing. But we lost power in my neighborhood. And so we like 
you know, like put on our armor and went out to eat in a restaurant. And I was, I was so excited. I was like taking pictures of people around there. You'd think I was at Disney World because I got to put on earrings and go to a restaurant and that sort of thing. There is so much novelty now in these new experiences. And I wonder about that too, whether people will not be as unwilling to go back to offices as a lot of, um, a lot of the research and the studies coming out are saying. You know, I've seen some that predict that 60 to 75% of people will want to work remote always. And I just, I think that that's very much a, a sentiment in the moment and wonder, you know, what the surveys a year from now will show on that. And now JLL does a lot of that sort of research. You have a lot of it on your website, which is a really excellent resource for lots of information about hybrid workplaces and that sort of thing. What's your, uh, what's your feeling about that when you look at the latest research from your own company? What, what strikes you is what really resonates as being right on the money? So I just, I don't know if you noticed, I looked down and picked up. I've got research that is in draft that's not yet been released. And I just talked to our global head of research yesterday and cool. um, she wouldn't talk to me again if I actually talked about some of this. But I will tell you when it comes out. And, and the third-party research that we're receiving, too, again, it goes back to that headline that I mentioned, people are saying, I don't want to go back to the office. But when you drill into it about how people work, about different situations and opportunities, what you find out is people really want the flexibility and the choice. They will come back for the right reasons. I'll use myself as a personal example. Obviously, I'm not in an office. I'm at home today for the flexibility of what was going on in my schedule. But when I find out that there are people from JLL or from clients that are in Chicago, I'll go to the office to see them, to talk to them. I'll go in when we're collaborating on a, a project. We've actually got a, a hackathon uh, going on this week with, with the team. And so there are uh, folks that are getting together in different offices around the country to do some some work on that, that collaboration and innovation. We actually know, I was talking to the CIO of one of the top research uh, universities in the world, and he actually commented that they're very smart, noble laureates, and you know, people that have invented and creating things that make our lives better. They're actually saying, you know what, we've done a good job with the technology being virtual, mm -hmm. but there's something about being in the room together. We need to get back on campus you know, in, in room for some of these collaboration exercises. And so I think people, you know, given flexibility, given the right opportunities, they're going to choose to go in at the right times. And that's why it's so important to have the workplaces that enable those types of activities, enable me to be able to find you when you're in that office for that day. Yes. Well, and we have our first question from our excellent and attentive audience. And it's all about as we return to working in the office, many of us are going to come back hybrid. Any thoughts, and I think you'll have a few, on best practices to ensure we're collaborative and inclusive, especially in this new on-site and remote kind of this mixture world, how should we think about getting the best of both of those? And that may bring us into the future of conference rooms for starters. So take that away. What are your thoughts on that, Eddie? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, we could talk for hours on this because there's so much opportunity. And by the way, it's not just office. The other F word is forget. Don't forget the people that have to go into work, like our healthcare workers or our restaurant workers or people in warehouses. They want a good experience. They want to be healthy. So we've got to think about them also. I, I, 
as I get into some of the details, I would say one thing uh, for the person that asked the question as well as everybody else is engage and continue to engage in these conversations as things change so that we can talk about it. We can share what we're seeing. People can share back with us uh, their thoughts on that. But let's, let's, uh, let's start. You, you mentioned conference rooms. Um, again, I'm going to quote uh, another CIO, and that's what's so great about you know forums like this is sharing with each other, and it actually informs your thinking. Um, it had a CIO that actually said uh, conference rooms were not designed with remote in mind. And if you think about it, we've all been you know we call it the proverbial voice of God from the conference room ceiling. And yet here I am, I just saw the way you nodded and smiled. I got that nonverbal feedback reaction to what I just said. I'm not willing to go back to a situation in a conference room where you're the voice of God in the ceiling. I want to see that reaction. I want to be able to read the room, if you will. And so the CIO said that we need to redesign our conference rooms to be more inclusive. Yep. And what a powerful word, because when you think about it, if people are choosing to be remote on a particular day for personal reasons, childcare reasons, health reasons, whatever reason, we still need to include them and their voice in that conference room. They shouldn't be an afterthought. Or think about people that have been um, maybe disadvantaged more than the rest of us during the pandemic, either because they don't have access to high-speed broadband in, in certain areas or we've got some of our diverse communities that were more severely impacted. If I can go back into the office, but maybe they still can't, how do we create an environment where they can still be included? And so that's, that's both the physical conference room as mm-hmm. well as some of the new technologies. And that's why I think, especially for CIOs, we can't just focus on digital. We've got to join with the real estate group around the physical. Mm-hmm. And I think our HR leadership needs to be very actively involved as we think about the war for talent. You mentioned the great resignation. How do we keep the great talent that we have? But also for a lot of us, there's an opportunity to attract some new great talent that are potentially unsatisfied with their current situation. Mm-hmm. I remember earlier in the pandemic, in the first several months, I had conversations with CIOs who had who came from companies that were very traditional about everybody comes into the office. And you definitely were uh, remote workers always felt like they were at that disadvantage. They might just be a voice out of a little gray box on the table in the conference room. And they were kind of gleeful. They were saying, wow, we're going to be able to hire anywhere. And, you know, it's a wide open market. And I would kind of say, well, it's isn't it a wide open market now for everybody? You know, it, it wasn't going to be just your advantage there, but it's, it's, I think it's very fascinating to watch that play out as it has. We've got another great question about uh, the pandemic as a catalyst for change. Um, How did that go from a leadership point of view for JLL in regards to the capability transformation and the shift to more of a lifelong learning? That's a very deep and thoughtful question from our audience. So it is, you know, I, uh, I, I think I have a, a, a unique perspective because I went through a personal and professional transformation right before the pandemic. Okay. And I think a lot of us, you know, we, we as humans, you know, 
people may say I like change or I embrace change, but, but I think most people that say that they like controlled change. They like change that they're initiating. Most of us don't like uh, change being done to us or change where we're in the dark and it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, through a lot of this uh, from a lifelong learning perspective, um, it, it's been dealing with the disruption, mm -hmm. recognizing that there are very real people. You know, it's not about the buildings. It's about the people for, for, ever, for all of us. It's about our people. And I think the conversations that have changed, you know, the, 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 you remember the days when you wouldn't ask an employee personal questions like, how are you doing? Or how are things going at home? Or, you know, how's your mental health? <laughs> and a lot of that has changed. It's now the right thing to do. And so I think, you know, the changes in a lot of the, the conversations, um, uh, the changes, the, the challenges that we've had working with our clients with what do I do next? When do I come back? How do I come back? Yeah. That has created a lot of thinking differently, which opens up the door to learning and, and embracing some of that change uh, where we can. And by the way, not getting stressed out over change that's happening that you can't control or that you, um, you know, maybe don't have the immediate answer for. Because I yeah. think that for a lot of us, that was a lot of that you want to help somebody, but you don't know the exact answer right then. Well, and I think about how you started your CIO of digital role, which was your your third CIO role at JLL. But you started that in that that halcyon month of January 2020, when we didn't know yet what was heading our way, um, and that you know the that first 90 days of a honeymoon period, you had big change happen in the middle of that. Um, I think you're so right about people and the way they react to change. It's almost like wanting to be more spontaneous as long as you can plan it. <laughs> you know, there's, yep. you know it, it really can be hard to do that. Um, so tell us about kind of that, that pivot to your new role, which is now market-facing and customer-facing, more so than it's been before in your past roles as CIO, and actually truly necessary for JLL to be out there and for you to just be more conversant with the public. And I know this plays into your, your talent for storytelling and for explaining technology to business people and customers, but this certainly happened at a very dramatic time. Uh, so tell us about what that was like, how you how you created the pivot into this role, because it's not a classical chief digital officer role, but it is very marketing and customer focused. So it, it seems seems very unique to you, I guess. But uh, tell, talk about that a little bit. You know, it's uh, it, it is. And I think, you know, if I I mentioned earlier that we've never been better positioned like we are today to meet the, the challenges and the opportunities of, of for technology and in, in our uh, industry. But I have to say, if it had been left up just to me, mm -hmm. we would not be transformed the way we are now. It would have been an eddy version and it would not have been a good thing. Mm -hmm. And that's because, like I said before, a lot of us, we, we, you know, I'm good with change if I'm controlling it. Yes. And so part of that, my transformation, it started with executive coaching. I would encourage Every CIO, if your company ever gives you the opportunity to do good external yeah. coaching, go for it. Yep. Second thing, if it's really good external coaching, you're going to hear what people think about you that's great. 
Mm-hmm. And you're going to hear what people think about you that's not so great. And so that was very eye-opening. I was inspired by uh, a speech by H. Uh, James Dallas, who was the retired CIO for Georgia Pacific, mm-hmm. who talked about the different ways that you can manage change in your company. He, he said, you know, CIOs need to be uh, agents of change. And he said the single best way to lead change is to break glass on yourself. And I was at the the tail end of my executive coaching, and um, it was almost it was inspirational. And without really thinking, I went back and said, "I've got to change. I'm not sure what that is. The team needs to change. You know, we've been very successful over 25 years, but we would probably build it a little differently." Mm-hmm. Um, and and through that, as we started bringing in a lot of Silicon Valley talent, we brought in venture capital talent. We made some acquisitions that willingness to think differently because I had to be different created a lot of the, the opportunity to get us to where we are now. Now, for me personally, the strength feedback was across the board that I had this ability to take technical concepts and explain it to business people and real estate people in a, in a non-threatening way. I, I don't get super technical or like you said on the LinkedIn postings. And so part of the coaching from the coach and as well as the company was you need to get back to playing to that strength. Mm-hmm. So yep. the, the role initially was to go out and talk to our clients about the acquisitions we had made, the, the new technology capabilities, uh, people wanting a better experience was just starting to trend. Uh, people needing more flexibility in their portfolios was starting to be discussed. So it was about talking to our clients around those discussions because the uh, pandemic happened and, and, and you mentioned it, I was on my way to actually my first uh, keynote with a client to talk about this when the world shut down and I was trapped in, uh, I was actually in uh, Sedona. So, you know, bad oh. place to be trapped. But um, there was a quick, there was a bunch of phone calls and a quick pivot because people started immediately calling JLL wanting a, what do you think? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle this? And so pretty quickly it was, could you talk to this media? Could you talk to this group? Can you talk to this big company that wants to understand what we're thinking? And so I think my message to a lot of people is to be you know, right time, right place. Um, you've got to engage with some of those, those, those changes in coaching and play to your strengths. I think as CIOs, quite often we get pulled into operations. We get pulled into the task of the day. Mm-hmm. And being able to be freed up from some of that with the right people that are towering strengths in that area where I'm not allows me to play better to my strength. Yeah. Well, you had it when we were talking earlier to get ready for this interview today, you had such a great point you made where you said CIOs often get critiqued for not doing enough operationally, but nobody yells at you today about missing the AI implications to your business model. And the only way for thought leadership to get out there is to get us out of operations. And I think that, uh, and I've heard versions of that across the board from CIOs who are now, I think, doing a much better job of balancing the tactical needs with the strategic needs. Because while you are running around doing all sorts of tactical, excellent operational stuff, it really, when is the time that you're gonna have to be thinking those big strategic thoughts, right? we have a question from the audience, and this is one, it's an interesting question, but it's about advice for how to measure the effectiveness 
of remote working. How much is that still? Um, how much is that still a question for companies and CIOs? I can remember a lot of conversations in the early days where CIOs were saying that we know it's we know how productive we're being. In fact. A lot of staff got so productive, especially in IT, that CIOs started worrying that they were burning out and overworking. So that's a really interesting angle on the question. How do you, uh, what's your advice for trying to measure the effectiveness of remote working? So I know that's not a JLL person that asked that, but it's almost like the perfect setup to say, we've got a product for uh, real estate BI called Azara that's actually, um, it's it's fit for that and something we're thinking about. And the reason for that is I mentioned earlier, it's how do we take what's happening in real estate, how we're leveraging the technology, what HR is hearing from the people, and you know th those are a lot of the, the 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 data points, the stakeholders that we need to be talking to. Uh, let me go through a couple of things. I, I talked about experience, people wanting a better experience. You've been at home. Mm -hmm. If you need something, Amazon. If you're hungry, Uber oh, yeah. Eats. If you're if you've got a smart home and it's a little chilly, you don't have to get up and go to the thermostat. Just do it right there. And it, there's there's so much that you can do from an experiential perspective through technology at home. Yes. But when you go to most offices, that's not enabled. Or if it is, it's been different groups that have done something. And so, you know, you go to one site for IT, you go to another site for HR. When as an employee, I just make it seamless. I just need something from, make it like Amazon where I go and I need, and they handle which different sellers may present the product. They handle getting it to you. I just, I need, they deliver. How do we create that in the office environment? If we're doing that, then that's going to produce a lot of data. How are people using our offices? What is their experience in the office? That's going to enable us to think about flexibility in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. If I'm coming into the office, I'm not going to come and sit at a desk all day. I'm going to come because Mary Fran's in Chicago and I want to see her and collaborate and talk and introduce her to other people. That's a different type of space. How do we create those flexible spaces? And there's technology that can do that. And then how do we monitor through IoT, through room reservation systems to see how we're actually using that space. It's all of that data that will then come back in along with you know, HR telling us about talent attraction and retention and, and what, what the talent is telling us about their experience working for the company, being in the space that will help us understand what's working in our new hybrid workplaces. And by the way, I think they're going to evolve that this research that that will uh, shortly be being released from um, from JLL talks about creating a future of work model with built in flexibility. Okay. Now, so I think that's the key phrase we're going to have, you know, this is not a one and done. It's interesting too because we talked about this a little bit and the all those different groups that do different services in an office and this idea that you could go to one app that would help you navigate the bureaucracy that if when you have something like that that actually changes the way your whole company culture works doesn't it because when I That's think right. about company cultures I think about you know who to go to to get something done you know and you've got a friendly relationship with the head of facilities management and you know he can fix you up with your link that you need when you go overseas next week and you know he's the person to call but if you're new to a company 
how do you find that stuff out? So tell us about, I know this was something that you and your team were working on before the pandemic struck, and it's an experience, it's an experiential app. It's called JET, J-E-T. Correct. Um, tell us about it. What does that stand for? What does it do? Who uses it? So you gave uh, a great example about going into the office and the, the different groups I think we used the word bureaucracy when we were talking earlier, but it's the different groups that are experts at what they do, yeah. but I don't want to navigate all that bureaucracy, just like I mentioned for, for Amazon. So through Jet, and I'll use myself as an example, mm -hmm. I still use our IT help desk. I can't remember for the life of me, the URL for it. And it's probably, there's a, you know, I, I don't have to use it that often, but when I do, I need it. Yeah. And I used to have to go and search or I'd have to ask somebody. Now I can actually tell Jet. It's actually voice, text, and type. I can actually tell it. And I've got this turned off so it doesn't activate. I need to open an IT request. Okay. Now, it we're not replacing the IT help desk. We're actually integrating with it. It just goes and opens it up. It's, it's eliminated me having to search and find. Same thing I could then immediately say, I'm going to come into the office on, um, what day are we on Wednesday? I'm going to come to the office on Friday. I need to book a desk. It'll pull up the desk booking software. Maybe I've decided I'm going to go into the office next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you were debating on going in on Monday or Tuesday, but now you see I'm going to be there on Wednesday. So you choose to go Tuesday, Wednesday, so we can bump in together. Or maybe you say I'm going to be in the office and you choose not to be there that day. But it's that opportunity for that collaboration to enable that. If we're going to have more flexibility, then when I do choose to come to the office, how do I find you to collaborate? How do I book a desk close to you to collaborate? Mm -hmm. If I see a situation that needs attention, like enhanced cleaning, mm -hmm. how can I quickly communicate that? But then also get communications back that we've taken care of that so that I know you're listening to me, you're, you're taking care of my concerns, you've got my health and safety and my experience in the office front and center. That's, that's what we're doing with that experience app. And I think, like I mentioned before, with the Amazon experience, you know, it really makes that a seamless type of experience. And it's the same type of, of, of theory that we're doing in, in the application. Well, and I can really see this resonating, especially with your millennial and your Gen Z or whatever the next group coming in is going to be called um, with that generation, because right now they do, hey, Siri or OK, Google or uh, Bixby, pay attention. You know, this is essentially an app like that. But for I think what companies used to do as like a portal, remember all those intranet portals and people behind them desperately working to make everybody get on board with them. But so few people did, <laughs> you know, that was, that was one of my huge innovations in 1999. Mm -hmm. But as the technology in our life has moved forward, it's time to bring some of the things that we know work in our personal lives into our work life. And so that's, that's one of the areas that we're looking at. And, you know, we could talk through the implications of the data that's produced from this to help people make better decisions or to understand sentiment, understand experience, understand collaboration. When I start integrating that with things like IOT sensors, you know, people are starting to ask questions like what's the air quality in this space. Wow. We've never had people ask that. Well, now with IOT sensors and experience app, they can ask and we can answer. Interesting. Yep. 
Well, the um, take us up a little kind of a higher level on the this new group that you had. You you know you you broke glass on yourself and created this change. So now the CIO of digital role. What are some of the highlights um, that you and your team have accomplished in the last year and a half on this? Are there you know kind of tangible results of this more diverse thinking? Because I know your group is very diverse. Absolutely, and then and I've got to emphasize that what we have created was not Eddie doing it. It's a lot of people joining with us and saying, you need to think differently, or here's the way we approach this at a non-real estate type technology company. Um, if I think about the, the, the big um, transformation aspects, you know, we've, we've got what every other CIO has. We help run the business of the company. So we've got the email systems, the financial systems. When a client hires us, we've got the technology that enables that. What's different though, what's, what's additive and additional is we, we realized that while a, a large number of our clients will say, we're hiring you to do say facilities management, you know, bring your technology with you. There's a large segment of the market that either has their own technology Mm-hmm. or they want to buy and own their own technology. And so we realized we were missing a big part of that market. We made a couple of acquisitions that actually made us the leading provider. There's a third-party research report that actually named us in the quadrant as a head of all the technology companies and all the consulting companies as the entity that you want to engage when you're implementing your, your Tririga, your Arcabus. These are the big idea of mass real estate systems, multi-million dollar in some cases implementations. So that was a big change for us. You don't have to hire JLL for facilities management for us to help you with your technology because a lot of people, they have great real estate groups. They have great IT groups. Mm-hmm. They just need help extending their IT group a little bit for this real estate technology, which is a unique aspect. As we went through that, we also realized a lot of people need things like that experience app that we mentioned that was just, it wasn't available in the market or the BI platform that's very real estate specific. Yes. So we actually went and found Silicon Valley talent, convinced mm-hmm. them that we were going to innovate and disrupt our industry and ourselves, come join us. And mm-hmm. so they've helped us build products that we can now offer to our clients, again, with the JLL services, or if there are people that say, hey, I want to use your technology, but I'm using your competitor for the services, we can now help with that from a technology perspective. And then probably the last and most exciting piece, th- there has been a huge influx of money in the prop tech space. Technology companies are recognizing the built environment is everywhere. Every person on the planet uses some type of building or benefits from some type of building in some way, form or fashion. So there's big opportunities. And so as this money's flowed in, there's about 8,000 companies right now that we're tracking. Now we talked earlier, you talked about how can you be innovative if you're sucked into operations? We actually went out and we brought in venture capitalists Mm-hmm. We brought in people that understand how to work with those companies. We combined experience of people like me. Mm-hmm. So now we have a fund called JLL Spark. It started out 100 million. We've got about 30 investments in it now with some pretty leading edge technologies that we believe will transform our, our built world. Um, and we've just uh, we've added some additional capability and talent because of the success in that area. And so, you know, our core product 
plus the products we've built to offer to the market, plus yeah. our ability to help people, you know, figure out their plan, implement it, manage it. And then the investment fund, that's something that's very transformational from what we had before. Yeah. And as I talk to other CIOs, it's also transformational from what a lot of them are doing where they don't have a venture capital fund or they don't have a revenue product that they can offer to the marketplace. Exactly. Yeah, I found that that uh, and that is a fascinating area. I mean, there's 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 fintech for financial tech companies. There's insure tech. There's prop tech. I know just from talking to you in advance for this uh, conversation today, I learned so much about what uh, the way to think about it as the built environment. You know, we tend to think of real estate, commercial real estate. Well, that's big office buildings. It's so much more. It's so much more stuff out there. And I always love stories about IT that starts turning its its innovation ecosystem more external to the company that you're working in. I think that that generates obviously some genuine enthusiasm and excitement for longtime CIOs like yourself. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about innovation uh, ecosystems. How do they operate differently? You know, at JLL Technologies today, the the as the prop tech tech companies that you follow and the partners, how do you how do you go about fitting them into the ecosystem? It's it's not a typical kind of contracted relationship, I would imagine, but explain that I'm less familiar with that on the CIO front because this is this is fairly leading edge. Yeah, and you're talking about the companies we made investments in, the new people we've brought in, or both? Both. So if let me start with the, the new people first. Um, you know, it's always challenging when you've been in with a company for so long and been so successful to have a new person come in and say, why are you doing it this way? And as they start asking questions, you realize they're about to tell you there's a better way yes. because of their background and experience mm -hmm. and being open to that and actually embracing that. We've brought in a lot, like I said, Silicon Valley people that they don't know anything about real estate. Well, that's okay. I do. But they know a lot about different ways of thinking, different technologies. We, we've just attracted um, some some just incredible people in the sustainability area. You know, if you think about the built environment, and by the way, you mentioned most people think of it as office. I would tell everyone right now, no matter where you are, look out your window. Any building you see that's not a single family house, mm -hmm. that's that's my world. There's something we can do to that building, either buying it, selling it, building it out, putting people into it, better managing it, giving a better experience with technology. And I would invite the, the challenge from anyone. There's so much opportunity in those spaces and locations. And so having this external talent to come in that is going to think differently and engaging that and welcoming that is so critical to that transformative thinking. Yeah. But, but let's come over to the to the to the uh, the companies that we have in, invested in, you know, I mentioned there's eight thousand. They're all vying for attention, mm -hmm. and so I think one of the benefits of joining with an industry leader like JLL is if you think about, you know, my 25 years at the company, I have seen a who's who of of organizations, mm -hmm. you know, from from big banks to consumer good entities to governments. And so I have an understanding of how their real estate works. We have the ability to get some of those groups and say, hey, I know there's 8,000 prop tech companies out there, but here's one or two that we think we you should look at. We've actually put our money where our mouth is with them. And so I think that's a benefit to them, a benefit to, to us 
as as we um, look and think differently, they challenge us because again, just like the new people we've brought in, they have a different perspective. Um, I can give you an example. Um, um, we bought, we, we made an investment in a company called Turntide. It's a motor company. You know, I think, why is a real estate company get in the middle of a motor company? You know, you're going to start making cars, you know? Well, you know, I, two years ago, I said no, but you know, who knows if <laughs> no, there's an opportunity, yeah. but um, you know, if you think, of, if you look at a building, buildings are full of motors. Of course. Motors consume electricity. If someone and, and the, the motor hasn't been, you know, reinvented or, or updated per se from a sustainability perspective um, if, until just recently. But if I can create a more energy efficient motor or this company did that can give me data to understand the energy consumption in the building better, that's a sustainability play. That's a call save play. That's a big opportunity for building. So that was an example. Uh, another one is, uh, do you see the movie with Matt Damon? We bought a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Our movie currently would be, we bought an AI company. We didn't buy an AI software. We bought the whole company. Okay. Now, why did we do that? Yeah. So, so we've talked about all this data. We've talked about all the changes. Everybody listening is having to, make decisions about how their company is going to operate differently, how they're going to create what their version of hybrid workplace is. It's a lot of data points. Yeah, yeah. A lot of investors are looking at, uh, and owners, what do I do with this building now? How long do I hold it? When's the right time to sell it? Should I buy another building? There are right now uh, 300 different data sources with over 10,000 data points across 400,000 buildings that think think about how long it would take to do that in a spreadsheet. I'm pretty good with the lookup. You, by the time you put all that together, it's too late. Well, you've got an encyclopedia, which That's is right. <laughs> That's right. What was so attractive about Skyline AI is they've used the technology to eliminate all that manual processing and to use AI so that instead of us spending days and weeks pulling that information together, it's presented to us with a, hey, look at this, or I think you should look at this, or maybe there's an opportunity over here. We're moving from that manual data manipulation challenges of pulling it all together right into the let's think, let's act. Here's an opportunity that nobody else in the market has seen yes. because we're getting to it faster. We're able to consume more data. We're able to feed more into it. And so I just gave you one example about looking at like the buy-sell side. When you start thinking about IoT flexibility experience, all the things that we've talked about so far in this conversation, think about IoT and 5G. Data is about to explode on people. And I've got a, another third-party research report that surveyed over 300 major organizations about their, their workplaces. And it said they're confident in their data capabilities in this area. But when they drilled down into it, they came back and said they're overwhelmingly overconfident. So this major research is saying the majority of people are overconfident in their, in their abilities. It's just going to get worse. And so having that type of AI capability is, you know, that, that's a, that's a game changer uh, mm -hmm. for us. And who would have thought that a real estate company would have bought an AI company? Well, and I'm still sitting here wondering how you, how you vet and keep track of you say you're you're essentially following watching about eight thousand different prop tech companies 
Are you using AI engines to pull out these insights on things you should look for? What's, uh, what's the how-to there? How do you actually do that, Eddie? <laughs> think you froze up a little bit or maybe I did, but I think the last part of that was, uh, are, we are we using an AI engine for any of that? So not going to give away any trade secrets, but let's oh, wow. say uh, what, I, what I can tell you is we brought in people that were experienced doing venture capital deals, looking at companies, you know, understanding, making those types of decisions. And we added to that team people like me and others with real estate experience that can talk about the real estate problems that can talk about mm -hmm. different client opportunities. And it's, I think that's the powerful one, two punch. It's that VC Silicon Valley type experience that's outside the real estate industry. Yeah. Plus the practical experience that coming together is helping us work through those and look for those opportunities. And as I said before, there's a tremendous success story there with the, uh, the investments and a lot of those those companies are, are doing some in, incredible things because as I mentioned, a lot of these things we're talking about were trends that were being talked about pre-pandemic. They've yes. just accelerated. Yes. And that's well, the competitive challenge, by the way, for everybody on this call. It's accelerated. Everybody's talking about it. You've got to have an opinion on these things. You're going to have to make decisions. It's going to be constantly evolving and changing given the nature of, of hybrid work and, and the challenges that we have right now with our, with our, our talent and, and how do we create places people want to be. Well, and um, yes, indeed. And I've got an absolutely fabulous follow-up question from one of our watchers and listeners on YouTube right now on the IDG Tech Talk channel. How can employers convince employees that the workspace is safe at the moment, not just the ventilation, but an entire grouping risks and mitigation protocols uh, that keep people safe. Communicate, That's communicate, communicate, communicate. We're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing that through, uh, you mentioned the experience app. We have the capability with that when you approach a building that we can push to you, just like you get a pop-up notification when you know Uber Eats is mm -hmm. pulling up, hey, your food's being delivered, go get it. We can send you a notification saying, here are the protocols for coming into this building. We can push notifications to you if there's an incident in the building and mm -hmm. you know communicate to you what we're doing or we need you to not come to the building. But we also take the communication back the other way. We've enhanced it so that it's, it's, if you see something, say something. If people see an area that they think needs to be cleaned, they can tell us through that app and then they can see the progress on it. Yeah. We have the ability with IoT where we're putting that in to understand when places have been heavily utilized so that we can do the enhanced cleaning procedures. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's putting all of these capabilities and services in place, but then making sure people see it, communicate with it and see the benefits of it. Well, and it's not just about facilities or HR people or even IT people communicating about it. It actually has to be kind of a triumvirate there, doesn't it? I mean, the right. companies have to say, you must have worries about coming in. Here's what we can tell you, and here's how you can find out more. I mean, they may be in a building where they don't have your, your app yet, but they've got other ways of doing that. Is that, are you starting to see that happen in the real world? I mean, you're in the Chicago area and I know a lot of companies are, you go into the office a couple of days a week and that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's not just Chicago, we've got a, a global footprint. And so 
everywhere in the world, the feedback that I'm seeing and in a lot of the client meetings and industry events that I go to, that, that question that was posed is the one that's, that's front and center on, on everyone's mind. And it's a big part of why, uh, you know, I think people will, uh, will win in the great resignation, if you will, if we're communicating to our employees to help them understand and to help them feel safe, to help them feel that they belong. And so whether it's, you know, I think leveraging technology makes it much more efficient and effective but if you don't have the technology yet, you know, having management communicate, being more open to your employees, town halls, there, there's multiple ways to do it. We all need to be better about communicating to our people. Okay, good. That is that is pretty uh, universally good advice for uh, technology and digital leaders, isn't it, about the communication? It is. I'll actually, uh, the CIO of uh, Bosch USA, um, Manuel Dietz, told me um, we were in a big webinar discussion. And he said, we're asking all of our employees what they think, how they feel. And somebody actually said, wait a minute, there's 400,000 people that work for you guys. And he said, that's right. Now, they're not going to do what every single person asks for, but the, the, the fact that people are being asked and listened to, and in some cases, even at JLL, when we do our employee surveys, we go back, our, our head of HR comes back and says, here's what we heard and here's what we can do right now. And here's what we're going to have to work on a little bit. And, you know, that goes a long way. You heard me and yeah. you're telling me what you can and can't do. Well, it'd be really nice if we were en entering an era of an incredible change in just overall company slash corporate listening and asking, you know, how are things, what are you worried about, and really doing something with that information. I, that sounds like, that does sound like it would produce a better world in so many ways, wouldn't it? But we're doing that a little bit, you know, with the mental health topic. Yes. I think the key is how do we keep these new lessons we've learned and ways of communicating and openness going forward in a post-pandemic world, because it's the right thing to do to recognize Mm -hmm. There's a real person on the other side of that that has a lot of the same, you know, wants, desires, challenges that the rest of us have. Yes. Well, and Led, as we uh, wrap up today for my last question, I always like to ask uh, my guests to give us some advice and guidelines, some thoughts that they have that they want to pass along. And you've already done a lot of that through our conversation but you've got such an interesting and incredible story about what's going on both with you personally and professionally at JLL. What sort of advice do you give to, you know, the many up and coming future technology leaders that you work with today at JLL? Oh, it's, you know, the, the, the embrace the disruption and the change you know, we, we, in, in IT, I think so often we get the, you know, it, it, it works. I don't want any problems. You know, think about the classic help desk, yeah, you know, no. make, make the problem go away, keep the data center up. And all of those are important. Mm -hmm. But we also need to challenge ourselves to think out of the box. We need to challenge ourselves that work, what worked really, really well, you know, a year ago, two years ago, mm -hmm. is not going to work really, really well in the future especially in the real estate industry, which had been slow to adopt technologies. And now the trend has accelerated and the impacts, it, it, you know, I mentioned earlier, the things we as CIOs can do in digital, mm -hmm. what our HR teams need to do to help attract and retain that top talent. Yeah. And the fact that we all live in the physical world, 
those three groups need to work together tightly. And I actually will project, if you want to bring me back in a year or two, subliminal, like attempted an invitation, um, I would be willing to say, let, let's see if I'm right on these things. The companies that actually figure out how to create flexibility and the right hybrid strategy so that people feel like they have choice. And when they choose to come in to their workplaces, they have a great experience. They're going to do better in the talent war. They're going to attract talent, not just from their competitor today, but from the companies in their cities, in their states, in the country, around the world, especially if you're in hybrid, there's huge opportunities there. The opportunities to be more inclusive and to create spaces where people feel like they belong will go a long way toward helping us. All of our people feel like I belong, I can contribute, I want to be here. And then the technology impacts into our built world. The, the built world produces about 40% of the greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. We've got a huge opportunity through technology, through changing the way that we operate, through helping people have a better experience when they enter into the physical world. The impacts that we can have from my space hits every single building and every single person on the planet. And so I think that's why everybody needs to engage, uh, stay involved, understand and think about what is their strategy for creating these workplaces that will help define our companies and create competitive advantage going forward. Those are absolutely great. Those are great observations and really great questions. And let's let's make a date right now. Let's come back in a year and, and we'll replay this part of the conversation and then we'll find out what kind of answers you've come up with, both at JLL with all those prop tech companies you're following. Um, very great observations. Thank you so much for joining me today, Eddie. And, and Thank thanks, you. Also, thanks also to our audience that has been listening in and sending in such great questions. It's really been a pleasure having you all here with us. Okay, if you joined us late today, do not despair. You can watch the full episode later today here on LinkedIn, but also on CIO.com and on our YouTube channel, IDG Tech Talk. CIO Leadership Live is also available as an audio podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and got as much out of it as I did with Eddie Wagner, who is digital CIO for JLL, and that you'll join me again next week for the next episode of CIO Leadership Live on Wednesday, October 13th at noon Eastern time. I'll be joined by JP Saney, who is the Chief Digital and Technology Officer of Sunbelt Rentals in South Carolina. Thanks again to Tableau for sponsoring today's episode, and do take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel, IDG Tech Talk, where you can find all of our previous shows in case you're sitting there and thinking, I'd like to binge all those 75 of those CIO Leadership Lives that are on that channel. Stay well, and we'll see you again here next time. Take care. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.